0: Hey, The Rewatchables is heading toward 250 episodes. We just put up a new one on Monday. We did Knocked Up. And if you want to hear all five years of the episodes, go check out the complete archive only available on Spotify. Once again, The Rewatchables, The Ringer Podcast Network. You can find it all on Spotify. This episode of the Bill Simmons Podcast is presented by State Farm. If you've ever been in an accident and you're okay, but you know what happened, your first reaction is going to be, man, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Learn more at statefarm.com. This episode is brought to you by Monopoly Go. It's halftime and the scoreboard's not looking good. You're not sure you can pull out a win? That's when you say to yourself, it's time to get back in the game, pull off some bank heists and take as much of my friend's money as I possibly can. That's right. The hit mobile game, Monopoly Go, lets you compete with your friends to be the biggest tycoon ever. I might do this with my high school friends. We used to play Monopoly all the time. It's the Monopoly you love, but on your phone anytime with tons of new twists, including leaderboards to compare your progress. There's so much to do. Play on countless dynamic Monopoly boards, make your friends bankrupt by smashing their landmarks with a wrecking ball, charge other players rent for your iconic properties. Maybe you'll even play against me. I'm great at Monopoly. You could even work with your friends to crack open community chests and in tournaments to get extra rewards. Get back out there, put on your game face, download Monopoly Go now free on the App Store or Google Play. We're also brought to you by The Ringer Podcast Network. Put up a new rewatchables on Monday night. We did Knocked Up, me, Juliet Libman, Craig Horlbeck. The new categories have been great. Thanks to everybody who suggested uh, one of them. Coming up on this podcast, we're gonna talk about game three of the NBA Finals, which I just attended. And then my daughter is gonna pop on at the end to give us her breakdown of the latest season. Of Stranger Things, it's all next. First, our friends from project All right, taping this. It is twelve oh four ET. I guess it's Thursday now? It's Thursday. Kevin O'Connor is here. We just attended Game 3 of the 2022 Finals. A game that, as we were walking back home, my dad said, thank God you got him for the podcast because I got nothing left. <laughs> and it's midnight and I just want to go to bed. It was a draining game. This Celtics team, man, 21 games in the playoffs. And this game was a was like an appetizer sampler plate of what it's been like to go through this with this <laughs> team for the last two months. They looked amazing. It was all coming together. They're running. They're they're up early. It looks like they're going to go up by thirty. They let the other team back. Nope, they're up again. Halftime, feeling good, not awesome. Should be up more. In the third quarter, completely fall apart. One of the dumbest quarters I've seen them play all Blow year. Blow the lead, lose it. Blow the lead. Seven point play by the Warriors. Oh my God, are we going to blow this? And then all of a sudden they get their shit together. But as they're getting their shit together, the balls flying around. There's loose ball scrums that are like rugby mm-hmm. matches. It, it was, you just never feel safe with this team, but I think that's why I love them. It's like an SM relationship KOC. <laughs> I've never done SM. I think this is what it's like. <laughs> you're just tortured and you have like the nipple clamps on. <laughs> and you're just were you, like, were you
1: inspired by the guy who had the wrestling mask on today. <laughs> <laughs> is, is, that, is that what made
0: you think of this? <laughs> machine in eight millimeters. Come. I I just I've never seen anything like this team. Did you ever feel like? They had this game in hand. Until Never three minutes left. Of Never, not.
1: right? Well, you can't feel that way. First of all, against a team with Steph Curry and Klay Thompson, especially at one point when those guys looked like they were gonna light it up. Yeah, and, and like Clay did get some pretty open shots off those screens and handoff actions in the second half. In the second half, it's just. Not all of them are going to go. Sometimes that's what it is in the NBA. Make or miss. And ultimately, though, for Boston... Did just though, make or
0: miss cliche me? I did just declare. Wow. that's <laughs> early. It, I was going to say that two
1: minutes it, from it, now. It's, tr- it's the truth, Bill. But ultimately here for Boston, though, once again, a resilient team. Right? I mean, like that seven-point play in the third quarter as part of a 12-0 Warriors run when it went from, like, I believe it was a Celtics lead by eight at the time, and then yeah. it was a 12-0 run. It was 82 yep. 71 at the time. Then a 12 0 Warriors run that made it 83 82. But right after that, Celtics had 11 6 run. It's just up and down constantly. And I mean, for Boston though, I think even you know, despite those runs, they felt like a more prepared team to me. The way they were at- attacking the Warriors, well, they definitely helped. went bigger.
0: Yeah, definitely. they they were doing this thing where they they took Williams out basically at the three minute mark of the first and yes. third quarters, so that they could go a little smaller and then bring him mm-hmm. back with some size because the Warriors don't really have. A backup center, but I, the fact that Curry and Clay felt like they made fifty threes in this game, mm-hmm. they really only made eleven. They yeah. were allowed eleven, but I don't know if they get that Clay game again. Rousseau and I talked about him in game two, and I was like, I think there's going to be a game in this series where he doesn't have it, and they're going to have to bench him in crunch time. The guy they benched was Pool. Mm. They played Clay over Pool, but it was the same kind of thing where they tried to have some defense and some size. Yeah, they didn't have rebound. I mean, the the big story of this game. Warriors had 31 rebounds, Celtics had 47, they had 15 offensive. It felt like they found something with Rob Williams and uh, and Grant together. That worked really well. And Rob looked, like I said to Russell he was like 67% the last game. Yeah. I felt like he was in the 80s in this game, maybe even 91, 92.
1: Well, I mean, like throughout the series, you know, there was a stat I put out, you know, there's 1.7 points per, you know, pick and roll for the Warriors when Steph Curry faced the drop coverage by the Celtics, which has been weird to see Boston doing that as much as yeah. they have. But in this game, you know, they were playing up a little bit higher with Rob Williams. I thought he did a really good job. Except not,
0: for yeah. the third quarter when they dropped on like it felt like 15 straight Warriors yes. made threes and, and not all. of was I thought Eme was going to have an aneurysm in the sideline. It,
1: it, it it's strange how they've decided to go with that type of scheme on defense against the greatest shooter of all time and yeah and, and yet like you you say well if you switch screens well then Steph Curry is one of the greatest isolation most efficient ISO scorers in recent league history you can you can blitz that but the Warriors have shredded teams when they're yeah. blitz so there's only so many answers and I think for Boston. I mean, we'll see how the series develops. They could always pull out a more aggressive scheme later in the series. Maybe you don't want to do that too early. You might want to save it for the right moment. But I thought the adjustments Boston made, you know, with Time Lord playing higher in those pick and rolls, it was the best he's looked in quite a while.
0: How many blocks he had Four blocks, four loud blocks. And
1: his timing on those yeah. as well. one seemed
0: like a goaltending, but they didn't it, call it. it yeah,
1: uh, was that the one that went out of bounds? Yeah, that
0: yeah. That, that, that on the yeah. Curry floater. Yeah. I mean, it was close. had a pretty good sure. angle on that. It was pretty close. Yeah. They usually call that a goaltending. The, uh, so from the Celtics, from a strategy standpoint, they really rode Jalen in the first mm-hmm. quarter, and he was great. I mean, he had 17 dream-offs. in the first quarter. Yeah, he only f- finished with 27. But yeah, what did you see? What were they doing with Jalen? Because they were trying to get him downhill, trying to get him on pull-ups.
1: I mean, it, in general, you know, whether it was against Draymond or somebody else, in Game Two we saw the Warriors overhelping a lot of the time, and so yeah. they were attacking a matchup knowing help was coming in order to create, you know, motion or get the ball moving or to get driving kicks, and they did a great job in that in this game. But in terms of attacking Draymond, like that was the adjustment the Warriors made in Game Two. They moved Draymond off in on to Jalen Brown. Defending Jalen Brown did a really good job in that game, and yet in this game, they used that against him. So you're going at Draymond from the perimeter, so he's out of a help position yeah. more frequently. And so I thought the Celtics... um they came out looking like a totally prepared team, knowing what the Warriors did in game two, attacking that help coverage. And for Draymond, once again, like he had another poor game. Game one looked like a liability. Game two, he was maybe second best player on the floor behind Steph Curry. And game three, a liability again on offense. Celtics obviously aren't worried about him behind the arc. Wasn't really making a difference as a playmaker, and then defensively, he didn't it, yeah, and defensively, he just he didn't seem like he was able to stop Jalen Brown on a lot of those drives to the rim. He's Draymond Green, but yeah. the Celtics have attacked him like he wasn't, you know, a, a multi-time All Defensive guy. It didn't matter; he didn't make that impact tonight.
0: When the Celtics are going, they it's weird they they're almost like going at forty-five degree angles instead of immediately downhill. Mm-hmm. When they're just trying to go straight downhill, they seem to have trouble. But when it's like guys curling around things or guys going left like to Tatum right, right? Drives, to left. right? Yeah. When he takes kind of those weird angle layups, right. bank shots, right? So that seems to work for them. And then when whenever they're just playing with pace, it's great. Third quarter, they just come out and they're just super slow. And you can feel it. The mm-hmm. crowd, the crowd now has watched so many Celtic games. Like they're even like, <laughs> like Marcus doing the thing, they're rolling the ball in bounds and he's letting it roll to midcourt, yeah. And it's like, that's the opposite of what we should be doing. We should be flying mm-hmm. down there and, and trying to, especially Steph got four fouls, what, two minutes in the fourth quarter. Yeah. I just felt like, just go up and down, try to keep this pace. But then that was right what the Warriors. Wanted.
1: Yeah. It's, it's strange how they fall into those habits. I mean, so it, do you do you contribute that to this being just a a young team? Uh, are they are they just not a smart team? I mean, like, how what I do just you think? think
0: they're, there's like an, a playoff savviness that they don't have enough accrued savviness yet. Mm-hmm. They just haven't played enough of these games. So they played a lot of them I this mean, year. They yeah, have, but yeah. it's just like. You know, I think part of it is even though Marcus was good for the most part tonight, but he's not like your typical point guard, like a sense of yeah the momentum of the game, how it's shifting. Like, how many fast breaks did they screw up today? How many layups did they mm-hmm. miss? Like, you know, I, free throws missed too. For that yeah, matter. free yeah. throws missed. Like it felt like they should have been up thirty in the first quarter or mm-hmm. the first half. But you know, that's the thing, because logically you think, all right, the Warriors will come back, they'll probably get better calls around in game four and whatever, but. I didn't feel like the Celtics played, like, awesome today. No. Like, what Celtic, other than Rob, who basically that was what Rob looked like in January, February, March. Williams was better.
1: And Jalen Brown was really good. Jalen was good in long stretches. That first half against Draymond, he did a really great job. But
0: nobody was, like, amazing in the game for the Celtics. And I think if I'm the Warriors, I'm really nervous about all the layups the Celtics missed. I mean, Tatum must have missed, what, five? Yeah. Four or five just layups, point blank layups. I don't, where it seemed like he was rushing it because he was afraid of getting fouled. And then um, they missed a bunch of free throws too.
1: Do we know what uh, Jason Tatum's shoulder issue is? What was it, the first play of the game he was grabbing at it?
0: I texted a friend of mine who may or may not be employed with the Celtics Mm -hmm. during the game. And I was like, if Tatum had a fucking separated shoulder for the last month (laughs) and you didn't tell me, I'm going to be furious. (laughs) I'm just going to, I'm going to be really mad at you. We're going to have an issue. Because, you could tell me after the series, you're going to be like, oh, by the way, he had a slight yeah. separation of his shoulder. There's been moments... Are you hinting at that?
1: Is
0: no, that I don't. Not, I have no, no inside idea. info. Okay. I don't know. Yeah. I just... I've been watching him with this quote-unquote stinger that he has. Yeah. I don't know. What, what game... that I went to that game. That was game three of the Miami yeah. series. Yeah, last round. And I've been... I went to game three and um, I've been to, I guess, four four games since and every game he's doing these weird shoulder things and shaking it and there's threes that just don't look like Tatum threes and then he's fine Mm -hmm. and I don't know the adrenaline but I just I can't figure it out would you be shocked if he had a separated shoulder I, I don't know what it could be uh, or like yeah. a surprise shoulder, they pop yeah. back in, but it's not yeah,
1: like... Yeah, m- maybe it just needs time to heal completely. It could be something like what, that. What
0: kind of stinger is this? What, like know. UFC fighters don't have stingers need, that need, last need this uh, long.
1: Talk to Dr. Brian
0: Suterer, that YouTuber. You know him? Let's bring him in. Yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> but yeah, he was 9 for 23 again today. I, 9 assists. Um, I thought he had a good control over the game, but I, it easily could have been a 40-point game for him.
1: Yeah, I actually sure. felt like
0: it was sitting there. I liked all the shots he took. And what's weird is since game six of the Milwaukee game, Milwaukee series, mm-hmm. which was the best game he's ever played in his life. I don't know if he's played a great start to finish game. I think he's had stretches. He's had quarters. He's also had moments where you feel like he's unraveling a little bit. And in terms of like him hitting like a greatness point, I don't think it's happened these last two rounds. And that also, they played 21 playoff games. He's young. He's had to play two-way. The whole thing, like, I get it. This is a grind. There's a finish line. But it's weird that it just love averages with how talented he is, right? You would think he would have one awesome one.
1: I mean, so with Tatum, though, I think what you're touching on, th- this is the growth of him becoming a star, though. The fact that he yeah. hasn't had this amazing scoring performance where he's super efficient and on a high volume and he's playmaking, but and yet, like, he can go for three for 17 and you can come away feeling like, well, he was making his teammates better with right. passes. He was defending at a high level, rebounding. And that, like, is really the mark of a true star where even when they're not scoring, you still feel like they make a positive impact on your team, leading to wins or at least have a chance to win
0: games. And I think which, with Jason, which is what he couldn't do six months ago. Exactly. And I think with Tatum, yeah. that's what we've
1: seen. And then with Jalen Brown, he's slid into that number two role. And sometimes he does, you know, he is the lead guy like we saw in that first half against Draymond Green, and the balance those two guys have together. Uh, you know, it's it's crazy, you know, to be in Boston, you know, right now during the NBA Finals, watching this team, knowing what the conversation was just, you know, six months ago. with, with these These two guys specifically. And the fit, you know, these guys aren't yet in their primes. They're still growing. They're still gaining experience, as you just said. But for them to be in this position now, considering what it was in December and even early January, like
0: it, it, yeah, it, it blows my mind. It really does. The they growth need is crazy. Two more wins to win the title. They have two more home games. So, mm-hmm. um, you feeling good? Are you feeling confident? Well, you know, what's interesting about this team, it doesn't feel like a championship team to mm-hmm. me in the sense that they just seem so young and <laughs> they're sloppy still and sloppy. And yeah. it's just, but the OA team was like this too, right? The 08 team. Really had a breakthrough in the last two Detroit games of that series. When it was it was tied mm-hmm. to two, they had played a seven-gamer against Atlanta, another seven-gamer against Cleveland. There would be stretches. They would suck. They'd, have, they'd look good. They'd suck. Yeah. Play great defense. They'd fall apart for a quarter. It was very similar to this. And then they got over the hump in that Detroit series, went into the Lakers series, and really they should have won in five. And I, I'm still amazed they didn't win game five in L.A. Scott Foster mm. maybe helped a little bit on that <laughs> one, but – it felt like they were just better in game six, they kill them.
1: Winning at home was pretty good though. Winning at yeah. home was great. He's got the Doc Rivers Gatorade
0: shower. That was pretty good. But cool. it felt it feels like as even though the Celtics are two games away from the finals, it feels like they haven't had that great stretch yet. Cause to me the comparison, and look, the ninety one Bulls had Jordan. He's the greatest player of all time. Then Jordan and Pippen, who I think is one of the third best players of all time. But if you go back and look at that ninety one bull stretch, like they really hit a high level. I mean, they only lost I think they only lost uh, maybe two playoff games. They lost one Laker game in the finals. And I think they might've lost like a Philly game. But if you go back and look at the box scores and they just kind of got over the hump and by somewhere at that point in the Lakers series is the overtime game. They just went to another level and it was like, we're great. We're going to win this. I haven't seen that yet from the Celtics. We we have the stretches. I don't know if this team is great. We might look back and think it's amazing that they had Jalen and... Tatum and all these role mm-hmm. players and we're like, man, that team was loaded. Jesus. But yeah. I don't I don't know. I don't know if they can close this. Well, I, mean, I wouldn't be shocked if they
1: lost the series. No, of course not. Uh, like the Warriors come with the experience of winning the NBA finals and they have, you know, one of the greatest players of all time is Stephen Curry. Oh my and, God. and and, Cl- we, and Clay remind
0: me to talk about him later. And,
1: and Clay can still go off. I mean, you mentioned he could have a stinker of a game. He could also have a forty five point performance. Like Clay's yeah, you still know, capable
0: of that. I was thinking about this cuz something you to, to, to me the true definition of being great is consistency. Mm-hmm. I think anybody can be great every once in a while, but like we we've watched Tom Brady for 20 years. What made him great was how consistently very good to great he was, right? I think as you get older, you can be great every once in a while, but you can also stink and the days where you can seem great. I felt like Like even, you know, when I was writing, not that I was a great writer, but I felt like (laughs) I could still get to where I, where I used to get to sometimes, but not all the time. That was the difference. Like when, when I was like really cooking, I always felt like anytime I could like, all right, I can write something I'm happy with. And I think with Clay, like he was really good tonight. I think he could go like one for 15 uh, in game four, Mm -hmm. right? I don't trust the consistency. Whereas Curry, he's just, oh my God.
1: He's something special, isn't he?
0: They're throwing oh. the whole team at him today. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, I want to hold that. Um, the Celtics for the finals right now on Fanduel they're minus two thirty. I lost another same game parlay. I had the Celtics to win. Jalen 20 plus points. Got that. Draymond under 11 and a half points. There was more. And Derek F- White nine points. And Derek White didn't play for the last 19 minutes, and I lost by oh, two points. You had Derek
1: White at seven points. They, they were he more, got benched. There were more FU Draymond chance than there were Draymond points. Yeah,
0: seriously. Draymond was terrible, which we discussed. But um, but yeah, the Celtics now are minus 230 on FanDuel. And, and are they went to now the like
1: 100% on like the analytics models. To win the finals now because they've been eighty
0: percent since January. They're probably sure. like at least low nineties. But yeah. the thing is, <laughs> the Warriors are going to be throwing the kitchen sink on mm-hmm. Friday. I certainly don't feel safe. Um, let's take we'll take a quick break. I want to talk about Curry. I want to talk about Draymond, and then some other things we we heard cool. as we were at the game. We talked about Curry. It's, there's just nothing like it in person to root against mm-hmm. it. But also, like, that crowd was nuts tonight. It was a nice, drunk, yeah. midweek Boston crowd. The this game started at 9 Sensational
1: crowd. Sensational Great, crowd. Yeah.
0: The crowd mm-hmm. was into it, which is what made it so amazing in third quarter that the Warriors managed to take him mm-hmm. out of the game. Curry, the fear factor with that dude, when he's... I. I I don't, even, it's, I don't even know who the last guy who was like that. I don't even think, I honestly don't think Kobe was like that. LeBron had the Miami series, but for the most part, he was pretty streaky. Curry, it's like shocking when it doesn't go in. I think it's going in every time. That, don't you, like, don't you <laughs> yes. feel like shocked when he misses? Oh yes. my God, he missed. Of course. <laughs> he's Steph Curry. I mean,
1: we've seen him not miss ever. And, and with a guy like him, he's doing it while they're attacking him on defense play after play and they're he's doing it while like you said they have three guys on him. sometimes yeah it, it's it's remarkable like there's some threes he hits where like Celtics you know they're playing high in the pick and roll maybe they could be playing even higher they send you know Derek White or whoever draping over him from behind contesting the shot and yeah, yeah. he's still going you still have the expectation that it's going to go in it's always crazy with Stephen Curry and has there been anybody that you have that level of fear? And I don't, I don't think so. I Jordan, mean, I mean Jordan. I mean Jordan, Jordan. But like, I think part of it with Steph is the hot fights, LeBron. But the fact he's doing it from behind the arc that adds that play, adds fear, though, because it's literally worth an
0: additional point. The seven point play. First of all, that was a strange call. It was a thirty footer, weird call. I've never seen a seven point play in my entire life. So were up nine. All of a sudden, they're up two. I, <laughs> seven point play, three pointer, free throw. They keep the ball, and then Porter hits a heave. Mm-hmm. I've just never seen. I've yeah. never seen that in my life. But the the three that Curry hit with Horford coming out on him, and it was oh. like a thirty footer, and that was like the secret part of the play. It was like Jesus Christ. Who else even comes close to making that? Nobody.
1: Oh, so uh, Bill, I, a, I, I, oh, I, tweet, I tweeted a couple of weeks ago. Steph is you know top ten all time. And like maybe like he's nine, ten, maybe he's eleven.
0: I gotta is, is that list. is that premature to have that now? I, no? I moved them I gotta look at my Pantheon list. There was a play with six seconds left in the shot clock. And the where the salt gotta stop and the Warriors had to take it out of bounds. And they threw it in a curry thirty he's like thirty-five feet away, like near like the logo. And I said to my dad, Marcus, get up. He's going to fucking shoot. And he shot, like, he just, (laughs) he, me, as I was saying it, he was shooting. And it was like a 33-footer. He missed it. I have Curry. I had her, I had Curry in the Pantheon. I had him 16th. Okay. So he's, like, underneath Moses and Shaq and Akeem. Oscar Robertson. I mean, the thing that's in play for him now is can can he end up being the third best guard of all time? Can he put together a resume that passes Oscar and Jerry and Kobe just from the totality of it? And, you know. I, it, and he I, probably will. Like, if he, he lasts until will. his late 30s, going. early 40s. He's 34, which I didn't yeah. realize. I thought yeah. he was 33. But, I I mean, the, the thing is, like, it doesn't really matter. He's on whatever the final mm-hmm. list is of just the guys you'll never forget yeah, right. watching. And it yeah. was cool to see him in a finals game in Boston.
1: Mm-hmm. Doing his thing. Did the, uh, the new dynasty with the Warriors against the dynasty of old.
0: Well, you know, if they don't win, it reminded... I had this moment. There was one moment out there when it was like he's out there with Porter and um, it was like Looney. and It just was... It was basically all the non-starters. Mm-hmm. And it reminded me of in the 08 finals when the Lakers were like a guy short. Remember, they had to play Radmanovic. Um, they they probably had seven guys, and there would be these moments when Kobe was just out there with, but Lamar and Pau Gasol sure. weren't out there, and it was like, and you could kind of feel it where, oh, this is pretty good. Like if you take Kobe out, we have the next five best yeah. guys in the court. It did feel I felt that way a couple of times today. It feels like there's so much pressure on him to score because unless Clay's hitting pool, the South seems like they've figured out at least a little bit. He was pretty erratic tonight. Other than that, where are they getting scoring? Wiggins is all yeah. over the place.
1: Yeah. I mean, this is this is why like it seems like at least in a vacuum, Boston's a better team. When you factor in injuries and, yeah. and everything else, I mean, maybe they're not in the series, maybe they don't win the series. If Steph and Clay have incredible performances, but you're right. Like the Celtics have, you know, better top-end talent on the roster. They have better, arguably better depth. Uh, I mean, I think in game they two, more,
0: they have more options, more, you know what I mean, like they, more lineup. Yeah, options. Yeah, I mean,
1: I think in the fourth quarter, like, uh, unfortunately for you, Derek White doesn't play, but this right, speaks from to the same game. I mean, it speaks to that, that point in terms of like you, Boston starts the game with two bigs. They pull Robert Williams early. Like you said, they yeah. go with Horford at the five. They play pretty much just with one big for the whole rest of the game until in that fourth quarter when they rode Robert Williams and then brought in Horford. And played with two bigs again, but you can't, you, like, you can't have Derek White out there with those two guys. It just hurts your spacing too much. Maybe even just with well, time. He missed he hit. missed
0: one wide open three, and we never saw him again. because yeah. yeah. Curry was, even though I thought he was doing a good job, he did on a good Curry, job. Curry was
1: still getting, I mean, Derek, hitting shots. Derek White made him work. Yeah, and, I mean, that, and that also speaks to also the greatness of the performance by Steph. Like he's getting worked by Derek White. Derek White's making things hard on him. He's still flourishing, and he's being attacked on defense. And he has three guys on him sometimes.
0: Well, remember in the 2015 finals, Della Vodoba was having a moment where he was following around. You remember that Cleveland team? Where, oh, yeah, like yeah. Kyrie, Kyrie was the, the, out. The, the tiny, speedy, annoying guard, right? It, the Curry now would would have torched that 2015 team. He's got so many more tricks now. And just like the reservoir of information his teammates have now with how to play Mm -hmm. off him and send him picks. There was a stretch in third quarter where it felt like Looney just set a pick for 17 straight Warriors threes. (laughs) And they just, they, they really play. I I would actually be a little discouraged if I was the Warriors after that game, only because I thought they did some pretty good stuff offensively, you know? Yeah. And, And I still think, I still think the Celtics have that.
1: That trick in the pick and roll. They 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 were one of the lowest frequency blitzing teams in the NBA this year, but also one of the best when they did it. Yeah, and we've seen Steph face some of that, uh, including against Dallas last round. But. If the if Celtics do need to pull that out at some point, I think that's kind of their wild card defense that they can use against the Steph pick and roll, which they're using a lot. They're running a lot of pick and roll with Steph, and it's not always traditional high pick and roll, Luca style, Harden style. It's sometimes having a smaller guy go up and set the screen, knowing it'll be a switch. Yeah. Um, but they're still having a lot of on ball screens set for him. I just wonder if at some point we see Boston pull out that aggressive coverage if necessary. It just feels like they're saving it to me, like considering they're doing so much drop. That's interesting,
0: yeah. Because seven games, you want to at yeah. least have a couple and, more and looks. If, and if
1: you do that starting in
0: game one, you're going to wear yourself out. That was like, uh, Bud in the Buck series. He kept trying to add stuff, and then by game seven, he's like, eh, there's back out, ran out, <laughs> back ran. to my game one strategy. Ran out of options. Yeah, Warriors only took fifteen free throws. The Celtics took twenty four.
1: I. Boston was attacking a lot more too.
0: Yeah, you know, I felt like. like the game was pretty fairly called today. There was there was two flimsy Curry calls that I didn't love, um, but I also thought Tatum, you know, he only took six free throws. Eight, like he could have ended up with sixteen free throws in the game. So I, considering how loud the crowd was, I thought it was pretty fair cool. that the Warriors were fifteen for forty from three. And I think in the second quarter, Curry just put all his shooters out because he was like, "We're gonna get blown out." Maybe we can hit some threes. And it actually worked. They kept it, I don't know, it was, what was it, within like nine or 10 at mm-hmm. halftime? Yeah. Um, they don't have that. Th- this is where they really miss, I think. Whatever Kaminga is three years from now, it's like they could bring that guy in a mm. time machine. They need like an athletic wing with size who so can get them offensive rebounds and some athlete moments. They just don't have it.
1: Yeah, they, they are missing that. And, you know, Kaminga also could provide some of that shot creation, too. Yeah. And he's not a prime, might not be a primary guy in three years, but if he follows a like a Jalen Brown like trajectory, right. And can at least do a little bit of it in two or three years, that, that would be, you know, of great benefit for them. Cause right now, like you said, Jordan Poole, erratic.
0: They're still a sl- small.
1: Yeah. They're a smaller team. And Clay, I mean, I love Clay, but like off the dribble, he's just a non factor right now. Yeah, he, he can't create off the bounce. For and you. Clay,
0: he had zero points in the first quarter. He finished with twenty five. I actually thought there was a moment when it felt like, "Is Clay? Is Clay kind of back?" And then it faded away. I think, you know, like Jalen Brown is a rookie. He played twelve minutes a game in the playoffs, right? Tatum, in that two thousand and eighteen playoffs, I think he was playing like twenty seven, twenty eight, and they desperately needed him to take over in the series. And he just wasn't ready yet. He was young. Kaminga's. I think further away than both of those guys. But if you're a Warriors fan or if you ran the Warriors or you're one of the owners or whatever, would you feel like you might've left the title on the table here by not making a move at the deadline? Like you're a guy short and would you redo that if the whole goal is to win a title? You think like the Lakers traded away 130 picks for Anthony Davis for the bubble title and now they're in shambles for the rest of the decade. If I was a Warriors fan, I don't think they realized they were going to be this close to a title. They, like, could Miles Turner have helped this team? Of course. Could, I don't know, anybody who could have had some size? Derek White. Derek White. hmm could he have, he have helped the team? I mean, Could, I, I mean, I
1: so like the Warriors front office, uh, they talked about it before the finals when they did some of their When press they're doing their victory saying, like, laps yeah, about how smart is, they
0: were that they I mean, kept the yeah, young and, guys and together. Kerr said,
1: everybody said I shouldn't be running pick and roll, even though they're running like 30-plus pick and rolls per game for Steph. But, I mean, ultimately, though, for Golden State, though, I was on the side of don't trade these guys unless it's like a no-brainer deal. You know? And I— I think if you're the Warriors, who would have made sense to trade for, like you said, Turner might have helped. Maybe if you just flip one of them, uh, could you have gone for Bradley Beal? Maybe not because he dealt with that really. Anyway, he was hurt. He was hurt. He didn't look like anywhere near the same guy. So I don't know like, who who was the option aside from like some high end role players. Well, what really t- role and players. what type of
0: player is it? Is it like a like, for instance, could they have gotten Jason Richardson? Now, they're, I mean, they're not, not Jason Richardson. Not J- I mean, uh, Josh Richardson. Josh, Josh no, Richardson. Like my dad. Yeah, yeah. It is like 1230 <laughs> night. Um, but like, even like a Josh Richardson, I guess the issue for them is every guy is, they add. Josh adds,
1: Richardson really swinging your title odds? No, I'm, just, I'm, respect respect I'm trying to, to think Josh of guys Richardson, who are yeah.
0: available at the mm-hmm. deadline, though. I guess it was pretty slim pickings. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like,
1: I just don't know who the, the option was that made sense on mortgaging your future for... Increase title odds now when it doesn't necessarily increase title odds. Like Kaminga, Moody, Poole, these guys could be really what create... Like cre- how about Larry Nance? Yeah, somebody like that would have helped a lot. Covington? But, but like the fact is, is for the Warriors though... Covington it, would have been for, interesting. Well, you mentioned the Patriots earlier. Or, yeah. You know, and Tom Brady sustaining success. Yeah. For a team like that, they were able to sustain success because they continue to invest in their future. Same with, thing with the Spurs. So for the Warriors... Even though it it does hurt title odds this season, they're of a mindset. Well, we're we're trying to win for the next five, ten, and whether that's right or wrong, I mean, you can argue either way. Because, like you said, they may not be back here again. Yeah, like there's no guarantees of that, right? Like we know that again. Like with Tom verdi how long did it take after their third Super Bowl to win another one?
0: It was 10, uh, ten, ten, eleven years. Mm-hmm. I just for the record, I agree with you. I actually. Don't think they should have traded Kaminga or Moody. Wiseman, maybe Wiseman. What's his value though? I don't know.
1: Pretty pretty, pretty close to zero, considering like the money he's making too. I think they played pick. it
0: correctly because you couldn't have predicted the Middleton thing, and I think Milwaukee is honestly better than both these teams. <laughs> yeah, you couldn't have predicted that, and you couldn't have predicted. Whatever the fuck happened to Phoenix, it finally came out all the COVID stuff oh, today, yeah. which we'd been hearing for uh-huh. a couple of weeks. Yep, one player tested uh-huh. positive for, I wonder who the one player was. <laughs> um, just look at the box score, yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, you have those two moments, and all of a sudden they're playing for the title. But I, to me, I wonder if, if they're in like a 2008 Lakers kind of moment where they made this because the Lakers made that Gasol trade. Got a couple couple breaks. Went th- all of a sudden, they're in the finals. But you could tell they didn't have the right roster yet. And maybe the same thing for the Warriors. And, I think the and, thing... And by the way, they can still win it.
1: As we said, they can still
0: win it. Like, they, they may 100%. not have had, he, he, <laughs> yeah.
1: needed to me to make them break
0: Right. Yeah. I'm just thinking if... I'm trying to think if I was a Warriors fan. Oh, you'd be What off. would I be thinking about you'd tonight? Very, would I be mad they didn't make a trade? That, oh, would yeah. I be mad at the refs? I guarantee I'd be mad at Draymond because he sucked tonight. Yeah. We should talk about that. Yeah. So, Draymond, minus 13, fouled out. Two points, four rebounds, three assists. Late in the second quarter, he was putting up uh, a club trillion. He had the zero zero zero. Shout out, Tyler. Yeah, he, he he had it going. Um, <laughs> he's really an offensive liability. He the reason he succeeded in game two because I've ne- It was like they turned the fouls off for him in a video <laughs> game. But the Celtics, I just didn't think respected him at all offensively. They don't. They, they have sh- reached a point now where they're like, you do whatever you want, dude. We, if you want to shoot, awesome. Please do. Why should they respect him on offense? What reason has he given? They None. Had,
1: none. I mean, you know the meme online. It looks like he shoots slick. It looks like he's wearing a
0: backpack. They're doing now. He had one. He had to drive down the middle, and they were playing him like he wasn't even going to try for a layup, a.k.a. the Rajon Rondo late career oh, Rajon Rondo, yeah, yeah, where it's yeah. like, he was going down the middle and they're trying to figure out who is he going to kick it out to because we know he's not going to shoot. At one
1: point that Rajon on a behind the back fake, it stopped working because right. t- people knew it was going Yeah,
0: they, they got it. Um, With the Draymond thing though, so he, you know, three days of Draymond punked the Celtics. Some good press conferences by him. They're I think good. his press conference podcast stuff has been up and down, but I thought his press conference about the old guys was really good. Um. You knew the Celtics were going to respond to the like way. you like Draymond's pressers more than the pod? I haven't listened to the pod, but yeah. I like his pressers. Um the uh he comes out, the crowd is ready for him, which we knew. Oh yeah. They were ready.
1: So I was thinking because I've been <laughs> they to a, have, they have a chance a minute in.
0: Right. I've been to a lot of these Celtic games with the villains on the other side, especially in the playoffs. It's it's not a hatred for him. Like, you know, like Samson before the eighty-six game six, like, the crowd fucking wanted to kill him. <laughs> Bill Beer mm-hmm. after he punched Bird in 87, same thing. They wanted him to die. Like, that was, you could feel it. It was, you know. This was more, it felt more like fun. Even though I know they're chaining fuck you, Draymond, yeah. which I don't agree with the fuck you. I wish they were just doing the Draymond were, chant. Were
1: you chanting with the crowd? I was not. I don't were like, avo- avoiding another Jalen Gray I don't like, like the fuck you. Good the, Jalen Gray, the kids I'm are
0: like. there. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> I uh, I thought it, I thought it was kind of fun. It never it never felt like it crossed some sort of line. No. The crowd was ready for him. It he was loved all it. good fun. Yeah, he it's loved it, it. He was ready. He was talking. It was just it was good theater. I-, I loved it. It was
1: enjoyable. The people behind me. I was sitting in the last row of the uh, the media section in the lower bowl. The, every every person. I turned around at one point. Every person. Uh, Future. Yeah. Every one of them. I mean, but it was a great
0: crowd. Honestly, he must have loved it. Uh, he, exactly. This he is must everything have. he wanted. I
1: mean, I, I, we haven't seen his postgame presser tonight. No. Or, or I'm sure maybe he'll talk tomorrow if he doesn't tonight. But uh, I guarantee you he's going to be firing back at Celtics fans it's just like he's firing back at everybody
0: else. And it's Grant going. Williams stuck up for himself and the team that one time. <laughs> he got testy with them. They had to separate them. Then there was another one. Jemma got he got the sixth foul on <laughs> this eight-second rugby scrum. I still don't know it. and didn't understand what happened. And Draymond was just trying to get kicked out of the building. He was going at, I think it was Courtney Kirkland.
1: Oh, you see him give the stare
0: down? And Courtney Kirkland was, yeah, he side eyed him. I thought it, (laughs) I was like, oh my God. (laughs) He stared at him. Yeah. He was furious. 15
1: straight seconds until they said a word to each other.
0: He was furious. (laughs) But yeah, it had a good. Re- uh, pro wrestling feel that I enjoy oh. Draymond
1: just the perfect villain yeah I, I, lo- I love Draymond for that reason yeah. like, we're talking about his limitations as a basketball player and how it's helping the Celtics out in the series and hurting the Warriors and I mean we'll see what the Warriors do long term with him he's eligible for a contract this summer mm. but from a pure theater standpoint this is as good as it gets I'm yeah, thankful I mean, for Draymond
0: <laughs> the only three guys I feel like the crowd actually like despised they since I've been around is Lambert and Samson and then Kyrie all for different reasons, right? Mm-hmm. Um, The Kyrie stuff with the Nets, that was like, that was less theater and more like, we hate your guts, which is fine. It's sports. This is, you know, people cheer, they boo. Mm-hmm. Like sure. I, I never, I never felt in the stands, like a cross line. It was just like, we don't like this guy and we're here and we're going to boo this it's guy. fun.
1: You know who I used to hate? Anderson Barajal. Oh, yeah. And, and Sasha Buttigieg. That's a good Both one. Both of
0: those guys. I couldn't stand them. That's a good one. And then Ray yeah. Allen, when he came back after he left for right. Miami, there was mm-hmm. definitely, he got the crowd going. So it's, it's it's happened over the years. Jason Cade was probably the ugliest because, you know, they were trying to get in his skin. He had some personal stuff going on. That was my least favorite, but uh, this Draymond thing's fun. I was surprised. There was a couple moments where I thought he would turn to the crowd and do like the wave them on to
1: yeah he go even more, but
0: he was, I, 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 it just didn't seem like he had a good feel today.
1: I mean, the Warriors in general, uh, felt like the less urgent team. Is that mm-hmm. fair to say? I mean, it felt like Boston just came out firing, cutting to the rim, fully prepared. Hustling. Yeah, I was watching
0: Kerr. Like he game two, he was right at midcourt, locked in, going nuts. And knew he knew how bad they this one I didn't feel the same energy. And,
1: and there was that uh the full court pass by smart to Brown in that third quarter as well, kind of caught the Warriors sleeping on an inbound pass. That's bad.
0: I mean, that was just the, you know, the example that pops into my mind too. Well, for their bench, Porter, 21 minutes, six points. Poole, 24 minutes, 10 points. Peyton, only played 11 minutes, two points. Wasn't great now, tonight. Yeah, and I think, I think Kerr realized pretty quickly, like the Celts... Jalen's feeling it. Tatum's probably coming. Mm-hmm. Smart's doing stuff. Like we're not going to win this game on defense. We have to outshoot them. I get, my guess would be game four will be way more defensive for does, them.
1: Does it feel like at times Kerr's throwing darts? You know, figuring uh, out who's no going to work. You know, with Peyton? he tries out Bialica for a couple of minutes in the first half too. Yep. I mean, he hasn't really given Iguodala you know extended run uh, since he returned. Obviously, just played a minute tonight the bench after draymond fouled out but like do we see uh do we see moody any chance of that is there any chance of that's any i mean Kaminga didn't work really before but moody was solid in the opportunities he got last round see him
0: in 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 a boston game but
1: should we see him like kerr is gonna trust his vets but should we see somebody like that
0: Moody was not bad being in the building today just for the people listening like it was fucking rowdy. It was really loud. I don't think yeah. that's a spot for Moody. For you're y- throwing y- a rookie yeah. into that. I thought Pool seemed flustered.
2: You know, it he, was
0: loud. It was loud, yeah. and the crowd was pretty drunk. Like leaving. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, walked I out. I felt like I was leaving, like Sullivan's Tap or something <laughs> after the game.
1: <laughs> I mean, the fans were like, I, I left the arena pretty shortly afterwards because we were, were, were recording this, and like people were chanting on the streets. Oh you yeah, know, I, I you know I I did a quick call, you know I couldn't hear me on the phone because it was so loud, you know, and is it, it was crazy. It's inside not like, and inside.
0: it's not like they needed to be energized for a finals game, but I do feel like the three days of Draymond Punk the Celtics <laughs> put the crowd <laughs> another level. It really was a big story out here that you know, um, and it definitely in Celtic fans all over the place is just like, why well, did we let that guy do that to us? Are we tougher than that, or what's going on? So I think it seemed like they stood up to him. I don't know what he's capable of in game four. You know, on the other hand, he did like seven things in game two that now they can send that to the league and be like, Hey, he's doing this. He's doing this. He's doing this. He had one play in the first half Oh no. Yeah. It was the first half. It was a drive down the middle by, I think Curry and Draymond just did the, the, the screening out, like it was a rebound, but the drive, Curry's driving by the guy, which is, they always call that a for foul, but he still has, like, these little tricks that... Did uh, you see
1: the replay of him kind of, like, clotheslining Tatum on a free throw rebound?
0: Oh, was that oh, yeah, when yeah. Foster kicked him out of the free throw thing? There was another nah, time Foster er- er- just earlier, out.
1: earlier in the game. Yeah. Uh, yeah,
0: There's they, got, like, a bunch of retweets. I saw that.
1: I, for, I don't know exactly which moment it happened, though,
0: but I did see it on Twitter. Yeah, the path for the Warriors is... They need to be more physical. They need to win on defense and having those quarters that the Celtics have when they just like, you know, there's five seconds left on the shot clock and somebody's 38 feet from the basket and super physical. Try to out macho them like they did in game two. And, you know, I ultimately like who are the guys that you can count on in that game four? Because I think it's going to be. <sighs> I don't. I can't see them being able to beat the Celtics three games in a row. I think they could win three of the next four, but three in a row seems far fetched to me. I think the
1: Celtics are going to win the series. I don't know how many games, but I think they're the better team.
0: I think they're a better team. I don't know if that means they're going to win the series. Yeah. I am more yeah. confident than I was <laughs> five hours ago.
1: Well, I mean, understandably so. You just saw Celtics win. <laughs> I,
0: th- <laughs> I think it's going to be way more physical, though. And sure. how the refs interpret some of the Draymond stuff, Looney. Um, they're going to have to really, I think, beat up Tatum and Brown more than they did. Mm-hmm. and do you uh, pull Draymond off of Jalen Brown? Yeah, I don't think that worked. So put him more in off-ball help situations? They need Draymond's rebounding. If you're going to put him 25 feet from the basket, who's going to rebound yeah. for you? So they got to do that. Um, all right, I have some non-final stuff I want to talk. NBA, some trade stuff. But we'll take a quick break. Before we go, I'm trying to think of some scuttlebutt. Um, what have you heard about? Do we Did we cover the finals? I think we did it, yeah, right? Yeah, we covered
1: the finals, yeah.
0: All right. Celtics are four-point favorites in Game 4. Finals MVP. Well,
1: there, there is one other thing. Uh, Chris Haynes said... Uh, He tweeted out, Steph Curry says his foot injury feels similar to how he injured it against Boston in the regular season, but he doesn't expect to miss a game. What does that mean? So he re-injured the foot? Yeah, he said that five minutes ago at his postgame presser. That's from Chris Haynes who tweeted that out.
0: Yeah. Then uh, Clay Thompson said, Klay Thompson said, "Real classy, good job, Boston." About all the f bombs in front of the kids. (laughs) I agree. I don't. I don't like the f bombs. I wish just do the Draymond trend. Just do the Draymond go. Mm -hmm. Like I don't. I don't love the swearing because there were some kids there, you know. Yeah, kids. Kids know swearing. They got TikTok. His foot injury feels similar to how he injured it against Boston in the regular season. That's not great. So you think he got hurt on that rugby scrum? Yeah, that's the play where Draymond was given the stare down afterwards, right? Did the was and did anything illegal happen on that play? I don't believe so, no. Hmm. Um any scuttlebutt that you hearing at these finals, the last three
1: games? Um yeah, I reported some stuff on the Ringer this week, uh on Monday in my article about uh Utah um, had reported yeah, the, that's a weird one. the The Bulls are an, another team that has some interest in Rudy Gobert. I know it was reported today. Forgive me, I forget who said it. That the Jazz aren't really exploring offers for Mitchell right now, but they are listening about Gobert, which connects with what I've said. It seems like Gobert is the more likely guy, at least at this moment. Yeah. Um, but you know, we know Danny Ainge over the years. He does his due do diligence on everybody, so I'm not sure how much to read into that. Um, other than that. What else do we got? We talked earlier about the uh, the Sun stuff. The Blazers with the number seven pick. Seems like they're seeking out a lot of possibilities to move that. They want to help and build around Dame. Uh, I'm not sure who actually is acquirable. I mean, like, they're talking, they're telling teams about people like Beal and Levine. They're dropping big hey, what's names What's going up there. on with Levine? Why does it seem like he so with Levine, be available now? With Levine, I was told that the Bulls weren't initially offering the full max. And so there was actually negotiation happening. I think that's changed where the, full, the offer will be with a max. Um, but whether Levine takes that or not, that remains to be seen. If you're Zach Levine, there's definitely a lot of teams that would want a young scorer in his mid-20s who can play with and without the ball. Like imagine like Levine, could, Levine could be plugged onto literally any contender in basketball. Because of his ability to play with him. Yeah, he could have played
0: in the game we went I to. Mean, me. I mean,
1: like Levine, like think about him on, on the Warriors in place of Clay Thompson, for example. He can do all the off ball stuff, you know, coming off of screens and handoffs. He can cut to the rim. He's a major lob threat, but he can also run, pick and roll for you. He can handle the ball and run a little bit of offense. So you can plug him into
0: literally any can, team in the league. Can we just call this trade into the league? Zach Levine? Where's he going? Zach Levine for Harden. Hmm. What's more fun than that, that trade? That's a fun trade, yeah. He would be great with Embiid. Yeah. Harden gets his own team again. Levine and Maxi in the backcourt together. That'd be and- fun. And DeRozan just goes to Croatia and doesn't want to start the season.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, poor DeRozan
0: if that were to happen. Yeah, it's would, not going to yeah, happen. Yeah. I don't. I don't think Harden is nearly the value. But with the but, Blazers,
1: though, I mean, Miles Bridges, <clears throat> Jeremy Grant, just a couple other names that have been connected with them. With the them. And you had seven. on
0: Monday, you had the Gobert for Vucevic and Patrick yeah, Williams. Yeah, I mean, that, that was kind
1: of like just an idea. Yeah. Um. You know, it makes sense salary wise. If you're getting Gobert, you're trading Vooch. So it's a matter of is is the other piece Patrick Williams? Is it <laughs> is it, is it, is it so long Ball. Two
0: high lottery picks for Vooch and then a third high lottery pick to get Gobert. Or Would you be willing to do that? How high are you on Gobert? I would not. You wouldn't? I would not do that. How about uh, I think he makes way too much money. I would not feel good about him at all.
1: If you trade for Gobert, you have to be in contention. Like, this is our final move to go over the top, to yeah. fortify our defense. That's not the Bulls. No, it's not. I can understand why they might feel that way. If you have Gobert with Demar Derozan, and if you're able to keep Caruso and Lonzo, you know, and then maybe you got something going there. We sure Aiton just isn't the solution all the way around. Do you trust Aiton on a new max contract when he himself said years ago how you know his goal is to make it to his second contract in his NBA career, and the Suns constantly have to push him and motivate him. To play at a high level? I'm not sure I would. Yeah, maybe Chris
0: Paul's a dick. How do we know? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, sure. But Devin Booker. Aggregators. De- De- Simmons says Chris Paul's a dick. De- I was just theorizing. De- De- Devin
1: <laughs> Devin Booker's the guy that pushes him. Yeah. I've heard. like He's the one who presses the right buttons for Eaton.
0: I don't know who is going to be fired up to pay Rudy Gobert like $48 million a year two years from now. That's a part I don't get. I mean, they. I just don't know how that's a winning recipe for a basketball team because you're now I'm in the luxury tax. See, the third best player in a title team, probably. Yeah, you can get that. There's team. Other teams have people like Rob Williams for twelve million, Brooke Lopez for eleven million. Mm -hmm. These centers that, you know, you want to spend your money on the score perimeter people.
1: So I had a conversation with somebody uh, about a month ago about Gobert, exactly what you're talking about, where they pay him. So like the way they built their defense is the way teams build their offense. Like so with Luca on the Dallas Mavericks, everything, you know, goes around him. Yeah. High pick and roll, you have shooters around him, cutters, you want smart decision makers. On defense, you want guys who are switchy switchable and versatile. With Gobert, they built their entire defense around him, where he is the sole focus. Like a team builds, so why they put offense? so many shitty well, defenders around him? Because they were relying solely on him as to get stops, just like teams on offense solely rely on, on sometimes one or two players to create offense, to create baskets for you. The problem is, is offense is more important than defense. Offense is always gonna good offense is always gonna be good defense, and the fact is, is like you said getting paid forty plus million dollars, he's getting paid in the range of those high-end offensive guys. And some of those offensive players are also good defenders too. So I think with Gobert, you're right that he is overpaid uh, for what you expect from people making that type of money. But I still think if you plug him like if you imagine Gobert in place of Robert Williams. Like Yeah, like, but Robert Williams makes I know, but like 25%. Like just, and- but like forgetting about the money aspects. Imagine Gobert in a role like that. That that's that's where if you're a team, you can look at him as kind of the final potential acquisition to go over the top, have a dominant interior force on defense, and a guy who's a lob threat on offense and a great screener, great rim runner, and everything else. So,
0: can I give you a couple of trades? Sure. Gobert trades. Utah calls Milwaukee and says, "We'll trade you Donovan Mitchell for Drew Holiday right now." Mm. Interesting. Who says no? I mean, if you're... Kyle, turn if, the if, fucking if, camera if, on. If
1: you're Utah, I'm not doing that deal.
0: I want picks, and Milwaukee doesn't have the assets to give Who's up. Who's more of a winning player? I have Drew ranked higher than Donovan so, Mitchell. So you're making, I might have been messing around with the trade value column for three, four hours in the... Okay. I mean, without words, just the rankings. So <laughs> so, I don't know if I'm capable of writing so the words anymore. So
1: you're, you're saying if you're making that deal, if you're Utah, you're
0: trying to still win. If you're Milwaukee, I think you hang up. Really, hang up. I think I'd rather have Drew Holiday than Donovan Mitchell. Really, I'm trying to win a title with Giannis. You don't. I think- haven't seen Donovan Mitchell play defense in a playoff series ever in his life. But is that because he's unhappy and wants to push his way out of Utah? What or does that, that mean? Are
1: you competitive or are you're not competitive? I mean, that's disappointing. Like Mitchell at Louisville, like in he college. He was a fucking
0: turnstile in the, in the last playoff series. It's, it's, it's really I think Drew Howard is a better player.
1: I so, do. So with Mitchell, so like at Louisville in college, he was busting his ass on defense. He was really good. Dude, early, those er, days are gone. Early in career with the Jazz, he did that. I interviewed him last year, and he talked to me about how like the conditioning aspect that's been the toughest thing for him to learn in the NBA, like yeah. how how to know, know when to take rest and everything. I wonder if it's kind of a conditioning issue that's playing into the poor effort with somebody like him,
0: or he's just not good defensively.
1: Might just be that too. He also small. That like, no matter how good you are, you're all, always going to. I would rather
0: on. have Drew Holiday than Donovan Mitchell. I wouldn't. I am on the record. M- Mitchell, Mitchell scoring. I still believe in Mitchell. I'm buying Mitchell stock. If you're selling it, would you rather have Darius Garland or Donovan Mitchell?
1: Darius Garland, younger, right, better deal. But think about this. And, and if you're Cleveland, uh, I wouldn't want to trade for Mitchell. I don't think he's going to want to stay there long term. Mitchell's a big city Yeah, that's guy. fair.
0: Would you rather have LaMelo Ball or Donovan Mitchell? LaMelo Ball on the rookie deal. Factoring that in, yes. Would you rather Pascal Siakam or Donovan Mitchell? Mm, that's interesting. I mean, Siakam. You'd rather have Siakam. I would too. Yeah, I'd, I'd, rather,
1: I'd rather have Siakam, yeah. But that is that's an interesting thought though for Toronto,
0: considering their roster. And you'd rather have Brandon Ingram than than yes. Donovan Mitchell oh, yeah. at this point in their oh, career. Oh I love Ingram. You know I love Ingram. Would you rather have Dame Lillard or Donovan Mitchell?
1: Uh, are we assuming Dame comes back as Dame, healthy,
0: the abdomen injury? From is weird not an stomach issue? Thing? Are we assuming that or are we yeah. is that in question? This is my point is I don't think People think, oh, if they trade Mitchell there. I don't know if they're, if his value is anything close to what it, people seem to think it is. And
1: so many teams have guards yeah. or shot creators, right? And, and I think for Utah, like that's where Danny Ainge is going to feel out the market. And it's very possible he feels that Rudy Gobert can bring in a greater return than Donovan Mitchell for all the reasons that we're talking about. The concerns about his defense, the size, will he stay on this new team? And the fact is, is that with somebody like him, how many teams need a guard?
0: I think Danny goes to many. Orlando and says, give me all your white guys for Donovan Mitchell. up. <laughs> Franz Wagner <laughs> you know, we're and Mo Wagner. We're going back to the old 80s Utah Jazz. <laughs> so we're 75% white guys again. Well, I wonder what the highest pick is that a team would give up for Mitchell. Oh, the reason I brought up Mitchell, well, Zach Levine probably wouldn't want to go to Utah, but no. if they called Chicago and said, we'll flip you Donovan Mitchell for Zach Levine, who says no faster? Because if I'm Utah, I'd rather have Zach Levine.
1: Well, I mean, if Zach Levine's going to leave in your Chicago, maybe you don't have a choice but to say yes yeah, I think it in, in, say in yes. a case like
0: that. What about Paul George or Donovan Mitchell? George. Even despite all the surgeries and the wear and tear, it's like 30 years old. I mean, I have Paul George he, as he's, well.
1: He's still so good defensively, Bill.
0: Shout out to Dylan yeah. Berkey, who loves this segment and is just wearing a smoking jacket thinking about how it's going to look on YouTube. <laughs> who would you trade Donovan Mitchell for? I got you, Dylan. Um, yeah, my big picture point is if I were them, I would trade Mitchell because I actually think there's going to be certain teams that but we,
1: would... But we just said how there's so few teams that might need them.
0: we're smart. I'm saying there's a dumb team out there. Okay. What if Sacramento... The number four is, pick? Hey, what if Sacramento's like, we'll give you Davion Mitchell and the number four pick for Donovan Mitchell? I I do think. How, how about the Pistons? You didn't mention them pairing Mitchell with Cade because he needs the ball. I, I, he has to go to a team that does he need
1: the ball or can or is Cade the perfect guy to create shots for him and they can create shots for each other? Mitchell can play off ball, he can catch and shoot,
0: but he can create too. I'll tell you who would say no in a heartbeat: Minnesota and Anthony Edwards. Oh yeah, I mean, of They'd course. They'd be like, "Are you serious? Nah, that's, that's there's no chance. Would you trade would Toronto trade Scotty Barnes for Donovan Mitchell?" No, no way. They wouldn't, right? No, no chance.
1: This is my Zero. point. You see Scotty Barnes was at the game tonight? He was? Yeah, he was at the game.
0: Yeah. This is uh this is a tough one. Have what have you before we go? What have you heard about the Nets? Things are just weird. I mean, it seems to be a lot of uh Noise out there about would what you could bet or, your life on KD being on the Nets next year?
1: Of course not. <laughs> no, <laughs> how could you bet your life on you know anything regarding KD? You, you never know what he's going to. Let's do. go bet
0: your life. It, it, I, it, it's it. like one o'clock <laughs> and I'm groggy. <laughs> bet your life. Would you bet on Giannis being Milwaukee yesterday? I would. Yes, I would. Luke on Dallas. Yes. Jokic yes. on Denver. Yes. Curry and Tatum, <laughs> Embiid, Morant. <laughs> Evan Mobley. I've just listed eight guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm positive okay, they're yeah. gonna be on their team. Seven Booker. Kate Cunningham will be in Detroit next yep, year. Yep. I would not bet my life on Kevin Durant. But yep. I don't know where he would go. How about Pritchard on the Celtics? <laughs> no, because I think Ainge is gonna offer three first round picks for him. The uh the Durant, like who's the home for him? Like, What if this uh, goes sideways? Because every uh, summer, something goes sideways. Well, the
1: greatest, you know, I don't know if even heel turn makes sense. He's already heel turned multiple times, but would be going from the Nets to the Knicks. I don't even know oh, how it's wow. possible. He just signed his max contract. or the Nets really going to trade him to the Knicks? Is it a team in the West? Who would it be it would in be the West? It'd be funny if
0: OKC was like, we'll take him back, Carol. Yeah, that'd picks. be funny. Yeah.
1: Get Russ too. Flakers, Lakers yeah, I don't turn to about Russ. I don't know. Who would it be in the West? I well, it could that, be like Miami,
0: right? Like, what if Miami. Well, Miami's going to like for a stuff. Butler, Hero, and some other stuff. Well, Miami wants
1: like all of the above Mitchell, Bale, Levine. They'd obviously want
0: KD too. I think Hero's on the table for him. I thought oh, 100% is. So Riley quote about two way players are who mm-hmm. win playoff series yeah. that was just directed at Tyler Hero, 100%. No. And a little bit at Bam too. Like you got to be a little better offensively.
1: Now, KD just signed his Max last year and it's maybe kicking in this year. Is there a path for him to actually push his way out? Like, let's say Kyrie, they don't retain him. Mm. He bounces. Let's say Ben Simmons, all the uncertainty there. Is there a path for KD in not even the first year of his contract yet to push his way out?
0: It I mean, just no, seems unrealistic. The NBA. We've seen everybody be able to push out of teams if they're not happy. It's hard to do it twice in a year.
1: And it's, yeah, that's true. And, but it's not like there's incentive for the Nets, though. They don't have their picks. So it's not like you can tank for Victor Wembanyama next year, you know I No, pick. they have to get
0: one of like the fifteen best players in the league back.
1: Yeah, it would have to be a trade for another good player, and you continue competing with that player. There's not a trade. How about the Grizzlies for KD? I
0: don't Give think up, he,
1: gave up Desmond Bain. I don't picks, think he wants to leave New York.
0: They, he's in a weirdly similar situation to LeBron and the Lakers where he can stomp his feet and pretend he's can upset.
1: He? Are we sure he still has that power after everything?
0: Who? Katie. No, or I'm the saying Nets. the Nets have more power in the situation than oh, KD does. Okay, yeah. There's like, well, you're in a contract. And KD kind of doesn't want to leave New York either. So they'll figure it out. But I think if I were them, you have to move on from Kyrie. You cannot bring him back. But so what's the alternative? Can't. You have to trade him. You have to sign and trade him. So, Russell and I did some sign and trades on Sunday, like... Even if you're getting Jalen Brunson back, I would do it.
1: The, the idea that I have involving that is Kyrie to the Lakers, yeah, Westbrook to the Hornets, and then Rozier and Hayward to the Nets. Add picks, fluff it up, however you want. That's like the foundation of the deal. How What do you think about that for all three of those teams? Because that connects the Mark Stein rumor, right, with Hornets yeah, and, and I, Lakers I and Westbrook.
0: I don't think they can look KD in the eye unless they get somebody who's good. Let's back. say we
1: got you, Gordon Hayward, yeah. former NBA All Star.
0: Or you just need the <laughs> cap space back, where like Russ goes to sure. OKC, okay, so Kyrie goes to the Lakers, and then you're basically getting nothing back other than whatever.
1: How, what teams would even want Kyrie besides the Lakers? I think Clippers. Dallas.
0: I think Dallas and the Clippers. Dallas. Clippers definitely, I think, would do it. We talked about that on Sunday is, night. Is
1: Kyrie who you want to bet on with Luka if you're Dallas? No,
0: but I think... be pretty good, though, on paper, those two together. It could end up just being like Reggie Jackson and yeah. Marcus Morris for, mm-hmm. you know, something like that. <sighs> we'll see.
1: So you're not giving the money to Kyrie no matter what? No.
0: Not unless it's a one-year deal. How about Harden? If he opts out? I wouldn't go higher than two years on Harden. So you want him on a prove it deal, which you know, uh, that two makes years. Sense. I, I get a look at him for year one. If it's going the same direction it was last year, at least he's a giant expiring in year two, and I have some flexibility. I think that's a fair way to look at it with him. Yeah, I don't think the Sixers will do that. I think they will. I think they're going to. pay I him. think there's
1: handshake agreement after uh, bringing him back, bringing the squad back together.
0: This is tough times for for Daryl Morey, for Daryl Morey's stock. I might have to unload it. Daryl, I'm sorry. I'd have to unload the stock. If he made like a handshake agreement for a max for Harden, that's an absolute catastrophe. No, that's a handshake agreement that you break. You would think. Yeah. We've seen stuff get broken before. Mm-hmm. Kyrie was standing on the court. I mean, did, did Harden. the Celtics, he was resigning.
1: Did Harden hold up his side of things? No now. of course not. They did. They did not anticipate. Held up drinks.
0: Um, <laughs> all right, KSC. This was really fun. I had a great time. Me too. I'm boy. glad we Thank got you. Dylan Burkey a video. Uh, appreciate you coming over. It's now one o'clock. When we come back, my daughter is going to explain Stranger Things to yeah. our audience. Zoe's coming up. Zoe Simmons Amazing. is coming up next. All right, my daughter Zoe Simmons is here. Stranger Things came out. When was the last time the show was on? 2020? Oh my God, like 2019.
2: 2019. Summer of 2019. Right before the pandemic happened, which I think is why it was so heartwarming to have this show come back for a lot of us teenagers.
0: Well, it came back, but it half came back because came, it was like well, a split season.
2: Yeah, like three-fourths of it, I would say more accurately. Because the I think two more episodes or three more episodes at most come out in late July.
0: You know like, what I heard about those episodes? What'd you hear? I heard they're very long.
2: They're very long. Like. How long? Like two plus hours. Two plus hours. Yeah. For each epi?
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> really long ones.
2: Wow.
0: Um. All right. So what was your review? Well, first of all, was it good to be back with these characters? Because some oh. of them, like Millie Bobby Brown looks like she's like 30 now.
2: Yeah. But you know what? They They made her character look like she was this juvenile little thing. Like She doesn't look like a 30 year old in the show. Although it's very strange. She looks a lot like Joyce, who's um Will's mom in the show. Mm. Very- well, that's not
0: good. She was like fifteen <laughs> the last time we saw her. So what so I didn't watch this season, I'm probably not going to, but what did I miss? What was like give me like the top three things that blew your mind about wow. season four, partly Stranger Things.
2: I mean, this show never fails to keep me on my toes because the second I think I know something, I know nothing. Okay. Um are there spoilers allowed here or should I? Yeah, keep we my need mouth to do shut? spoilers.
0: I'm going to put this at the end of my podcast.
2: All right. So we start off, the first few episodes are, are slightly slow. We know that Hopper's going to be alive. That's just something that's going to happen. Yeah. Somehow, Joyce and Murray, who travels all the way from Indiana to California, where Joyce and her family now live, to get away from all the craziness of Hawkins. But Hawkins follows you no matter where you go. Remember good, that
0: good idea to get away from. Hopper. Yeah, I, I yeah. think
2: it's a, it's a very fabulous idea. Why would you want to be in a rural town that's being harassed by multiple ghosts? But anyways, Murray and Joyce decide, OK, we got this really suspicious letter in the mail that is alluding to Hopper being alive. But it seems as if it's some sort of ransom situation where he's unsafe yeah. and they have to go find him. So they decide, OK, let's just go to Alaska for however long we may be needed there and leave our children behind. What's at, in Alaska? That's where Hopper was, oh. allegedly at a boot camp, like Russian, a Russian boot camp sort of situation. But like, who would leave their children in a new place, a completely new part of the world, just after they've experienced one of the most traumatic things possible, not even a year before, like 180 days before. That was, to me, just, Completely weird.
0: What was the traumatic thing 180 days before?
2: Oh, when the entire mall lit on fire and they watched multiple people die (laughs) and things from an underworld come up and try to eat them.
0: Yeah, probably. That weird
2: thing. So maybe
0: not leave the kids behind. Wouldn't leave
2: the kids behind. That was just strange in itself. But this season taught us about the upside down in ways that we had no idea existed. First of all, we found out that Elle was the one who actually invented the Upside Down in some way. Or she was the the finder of it because what's, she created it. What's the it. Upside Down? Oh, Bill.
0: Yeah, I don't. What the hell? I don't watch the show.
2: What the hell? This is my <laughs> favorite show. Yeah,
0: well, I don't watch it. Did you well, see me watching with the you?
2: Uh, The Upside, I don't. The Upside Down is is the Upside Down. It's this world that reflects. It's like you look into a mirror. It reflects our world, but it has all these evil creatures in oh, it. Oh,
0: it's like Carnival things. Mirror. Yes, yeah. exactly.
2: It's Carnival Mirror. Okay. So The Upside Down has this mind flayer named Vecna who is released in this season and is murdering teenagers left and right, which is just the most ridiculous thing ever just Mm. absolutely he murders people by lifting them up into the air and then cracking each bone in their body and gouging their eyeballs out so multiple teenagers were discovered murdered in this way and that obviously didn't go down well for our our favorite little teenage squad up in Hawkins.
0: So why did teenagers like a show so much where teenagers just get murdered with their eyeballs coming out of well, their heads? Well, you know
2: what my issue my only issue with the season was it was a lot more scary and ghost oriented than any other season before because the seasons before they were more sci-fi like Yeah. You know, it it wasn't like being brutally murdered, but in this season we saw multiple brutal murders from this Vecna so, like, R-rated rated or PG-13? I'd definitely go with a PG-13. Not but like for a show that like Halloween where, like... We've grown up... I've grown up with these kids. Yeah. Like, these are, these are my family on screen, practically, because I was watching the show when they were just the same age as I was, and now they're 21 and oldest, and, I mean, I guess it makes sense for the show to be more intense in... A murderous way, but that innocence that I was very used to back in twenty nineteen when season three came out was kind of lost because it's a lot more intense of a TV show to watch. Like I was nervous watching it on my own, and I've never felt that way with Stranger Things.
0: Wow. Yeah. Nervous?
2: I was nervous. Like, I was really like nervous. I was watching the last your episode. Oh, I called him an instant after I finished and I was really scared. But I think we should talk about the last episode because Okay, let's hear it. It was absolutely terrifying. So in the last episode, there's three different things going on. Joyce and Murray are in Alaska trying to save Hopper from this high-tech hidden prison, this Russian prison where they're just being treated like animals, being abused, being blah, blah, blah. They're doing all this work for the Russians. Somehow Hopper murders like 10 different Russian soldiers with no shoes on and hardly any materials with a gun that he found. He escapes. They find him. They take him back. And then the Russians' tactic was to try and murder the 10 most problematic prisoners with um, an animal from the upside down. So they basically put 10 Russians or 10 Russians cap. Captives or American captives in this chamber with an upside down animal who just rains havoc on them it was
0: the animal was it was like a pit it ball? was
2: it was it's they there were these dogs oh. back in season two and it was like a version of a demi dog it was just it was the strangest thing I've ever seen and they basically made a show out of it and just watched all of the people get murdered except for hopper because he knew how to escape from the demi dog so he somehow Takes over the entire Russian prison, escapes with Joyce and Murray. He's free. That happens in the b- very beginning. This is hilarious beginning.
0: to hear this all described because this sounds it's like the, the most show ridiculous, I've ever heard.
2: But it's so not dumb. What it's, is a demi dog? A demi It's uh, you don't understand. Don't. You don't understand. Going. So just don't even. Just don't right. even talk about uh, it. Can
0: I adopt a demi dog? <laughs> are they like <laughs> I don't rescue think dogs? Do you want a
2: demi dog?
0: Demi dogs are, it better are
2: Demo dogs don't poop. So I yeah. think that there's some advantage there. But anyway, so they escape, they escape Hopper, Hopper safe. That's an A plus part of the show. Great. But then somehow, four of the characters get stuck in the Upside Down. Oh, no. They've found that at the sites of the murders of these teenagers, because they're trying to solve Vecna, of course, they find that at the sites of the murders is where you can enter the Upside Down. they are portals to get into the Upside Down. So four of them fall into it. Steve is the first one who just, ends up falling into one of the traps and, and is in the upside down. and He can't get out because there are, there are these murderous birds that are trying to guard all the gateways because they're trying to keep him in there so Vecna can murder him.
0: Did he see the Sacramento Kings in there? <laughs> Sacramento
2: they're, Kings? They're the
0: worst NBA team. I think they're oh, in the upside wow. down. They,
2: they might be up They've there. They've been in
0: there since like 2006. <laughs> keep going.
2: So Steve is in there. Robin or Nancy follows him next. Then Robin follows Nancy, and then the new guy on our show—I can't quite remember his name—but he is like the new guy. The new guy. We'll call him the new guy. Yeah. And he's the one that's being convicted for all these murders because they think he's a Satanist who caused all of these deaths. Yeah, I to heard there was
0: like a Satanist. They, element that's that's the what they—they they
2: allegedly. I don't, like Satan stuff. I don't like Satan stuff either. See, it's like getting creepy. Yeah. But they think like kind of messes with you. allegedly that he was a Satanist and he was murdering all these people, which in reality was not the case. Vecna was doing it and he was just the butt of that. But they all end up in the Upside Down. They're trying to escape. And there was this incredible cinematic scene where they somehow can communicate with the four other people that aren't in the Upside Down, but they are in the same spot as the Upside Down people are. It's like they're in the mirror world, but in the same house. They all went to Nancy's house, and the four that were in the upside down were in Nancy's house. But then the other four, like Dustin and then Max and Lucas, were in the real world and they could vaguely hear Lucas talking. So they start communicating. This sounds like the
0: Memorial Day party you went to (laughs) with the 20 bodyguards.
2: (laughs) They start communicating with a light game, and it was just the most incredible scene. Yeah. Because they somehow broke open the upside down and then they. We're free, mm. but here's the thing: this entire season, we didn't see much of L, who was a leading character throughout this entire show. But she definitely took a bigger role Who's in Elle? season three. Is that Millie, Millie, Millie Bobby Brown? Brown, yes. Okay. So L actually ends up being recaptured by Papa, which is the guy, the hospital guy who yeah. originally gave her her powers. Right. She gets recaptured by him because she has lost all of her powers due to overuse when she tried when she murdered the um the monster from season three and closed the gate to the upside down, which the this Russians are like trying Kawhi to Leonard. break through. Yeah.
0: Kawhi Leonard <laughs> lost his powers after the <laughs> 2019 finals. There's so, a lot of sports parallels. I this know. Show. Keep well, coming.
2: you always seem to make those. Thank you. But Millie is now trying to refind her powers and Papa is helping her. So she is reliving all of these experiences that she had throughout her time in the, hospital which she had blocked out most of so he put this little headpiece on her she was reimagining all this stuff she felt like she was truly there and she was discovering how she originally gained her powers which would help her regain them yeah and so it there is this scene in the hospital if you're not being worked with by papa you're in this extra room where you're just doing little mind games to try and work your powers exercise them per se so she's in she's in the <laughs> what is this like, she's in the this hospital room insane. and there's a ho- there's a proctor there's nurses everywhere so that they make sure that none of the, the patients do anything bad because this is like it's a it's a hell for these kids like you can't even imagine Yeah. whatever their brains their brains are being Sounds picked they're little, they're little pets but turns out that this guy was actually number one the original patient in the hospital that what? Papa had taken over but just wait gets better they had shown that Vecna had affected this... There was this alleged serial killer that was in a highly guarded prison that two of the girls had visited because they wanted to learn more about Vecna. They didn't know that there was this parallel quite yet. Yeah. But this house was the, the origin of Vecna where three family members or two family members got murdered. It turned out that the little boy that lived in that house, he had the special powers that Elle has without having to learn them from Papa. It's like the
0: shining when yeah, he, Danny was the OG. And Scott had he was the He was the, the OG. shining together. Yeah. He
2: had he was the original power guy. So he realized that he obtained these powers. He ended up murdering his whole family because he just thought that he was better than everyone else. He didn't end up murdering his dad because he passed up before that. His dad Dads thought he died. Important. The dad got taken I've been saying
0: that forever. The dad
2: went to prison because it was suspected that he murdered all of his family and the kid remained free. Mm. Got caught by Papa Papa was working with him, ends up being a nurse in Papa's hospital. And then in this hospital, this is all a flashback. Meanwhile, yeah, these hospital experiences that Elle is re-experiencing. So at the beginning, very beginning of the season, there is a scene where Elle is covered in blood and Papa's like, what did you do? And she allegedly murdered the entire, all the patients in the hospital. Turned out that number one, had she taken a chip out of number one, which was controlling his brain, he went Insane and murdered everyone in the hospital. And then L, he was about to murder L. She sends him into then the Jake upside in. down.
0: <laughs> Jake protected her.
2: <laughs> she sends him in. Stop it. She sends him into the upside down and he becomes Vecna. Oh. So he's the mind flayer. How crazy is that?
0: So that was the big reveal. That was the
2: big reveal right at the end. And that it was the scariest i'm telling you i've never been so scared in my life i am a horror movie fanatic i love thrillers i'm all mm. for all that kind of stuff we've gone we've grown up around that that's just the way we work in this yeah, house chris
0: and sean didn't believe that we showed ben halloween when he was like four. and
2: you i watched chucky when i was three so i um, had reoccurring dreams about him for multiple years me. afterward i, well, that, I, it was I don't here. like the chucky movies. it happened um But I was legitimately scared watching this episode of television. And I I do have to say the beginning of the season was definitely slow. And I missed seeing all of the kids together and doing their thing in Hawkins. But I get that they have grown up and that's just how they have to do it now. But I like the place that we ended off at. And I have a few conspiracies about where we could be going.
0: Well, I wanted to ask you about that. But my first question is, is this it? Season four, it's done? There's you no know, season five?
2: I've talked to a few friends and they think that it should be over at season four. I could never let go of this show and I don't want it to be over. Therefore, I'm not going to think that way. But I'm I'm just not sure how many different directions they could go in because it takes three years to manufacture a type of show like this with the intense scenes that they have. It's like expensive. It's yeah, like the sci-fi shit. Like, it's absurd things that they have to do to, to make the show this show. And in that amount of time, Lucas is going to be... 25. By the time they release the next episode, he can't be playing a freshman in high school anymore. Listen, my at this favorite, point, he can't be playing a freshman in high school.
0: As you've seen, my favorite show, Nine Hundred Two and O, didn't stop them from continuing to I
2: carry just, the kids
0: on to college when they had receding hairlines.
2: Yeah, and you know what? Like, as much as I really, really hope and pray that there will be another season, it—I don't think it would feel the same to watch these adults trying to play freshman in high school because it just doesn't no, make sense anymore no is so authentic yeah and you can't you can't overwork something that's so perfect like it's it has been so perfect every single season season 2 sucked but I blocked that out. Season one, season three, season four—all perfect the way that they are. They didn't put too much. They didn't put too little. Like I got everything I needed. I and this want them is to the most iconic
0: it. show for your generation.
2: I think it is. I, I truly do. So it, like it was thirty shaping. years from now,
0: and the people are in and out of drug rehab who are on the show, <laughs> show, and you're like, oh my god, that was I'm so glad yeah. they're still alive. And it'll be that'll be your sincerely.
2: Show. It is. It yeah. is our show. We grew up with these kids, which I think is so important. We went through a pandemic, and we are still loving them. That was this was a comfort show for myself and a lot of my friends like it's just something that you go back to and it makes you feel warm and fuzzy inside hmm. despite all, right, so all what the are murders
0: your, what are your theories predictions for the last couple episodes Let's someone's
2: going to have to die and that's just going to be the way it is there has to be
0: doesn't millie bobby brown have to be the one who dies at the end
2: uh yeah i mean i that's the way that the show would end so i'm yeah i that is a, a good thought that she would have to die if they're ending the show then that's how they should do it she should die which would be heartbreaking, but I would be more hurt to watch someone like Dustin or Steve die just because they are like my little. I don't my know little who those guys. people are,
0: but I would be sad too. They're
2: very cute and just like tiny and like Steve's Who's not your tiny crush but on Dustin. This show? Steve. Which one is he? He is the just graduated out of high school, like Dustin's older brother. He kind of takes care of the group. Nancy's How tall is he? Is he tall? I haven't looked that up because I don't want to ruin it. I'm assuming he's Does like five. Steve, 5'10. know that
0: you only. Consider people who are like six Six and and over.
2: (laughs) (laughs) It doesn't concern him. Jason Tatum, if you're listening to this, you know where to find me.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Jason Tatum, please stay away.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Don't stay away, Jason.
0: What were we just talking about? Series. Okay. Elle
2: Elle is going to be murdered. I feel like if they want to end the show, that's how it should go. She dies. And then every tie to the upside down is is also murdered in turn.
0: All right, so... Dustin and Steve.
2: Dustin and Steve can't die. That would be traumatic. They can't do that. They can't kill anyone that's too close to our heart. Like, no offense to Lucas. He can die if he wants to die. Max, I wasn't that sad before she was going to die. Someone like Elle, Steve. Elle's probably going to die. But Steve, Dustin, any of those kind of heartwarming, like brother-like characters, if they die, then I I wouldn't be able to handle it.
0: Ben, what's your... Ben, ben Simmons showed up for some reason. What's your big prediction? They're killing Steve. It's happening. I don't think I the, promise you they're killing Steve.
2: No, but I think that'd be more heartbreaking than like beneficial to the show. I don't see why they'd do something like that.
0: Because it's a heartbreaking. Because yeah, they're but they're not they gonna don't, kill Eleven. Eleven's
2: the yeah. But this, honey, the show's gonna be over. No, it's not. They got renewed for season five. Since when? What do you mean? That's been announced. I don't know if I'm I've, if I believe anything that comes out of your little mustached mouth. Okay. Anyway,
0: it's either Steve or Robin's gonna die, and it's gonna. Either Robin Steve would suck. Robin. Oh my God. I think Robin's gonna die. I
2: really sincerely hope that Steve doesn't die. He can't die. The show would be missing a vital character that he provides the brotherly, safe character. He keeps all the kids in check. We need Steve. You can't get rid of Steve. Get rid of Robin as, as sad as that is.
0: All right, we agree, kill Robin.
2: Kill Robin. But so, don't.
0: Back in February 22, 2022 was announced the series would return. Oh! for her fifth and final it's, season. Lucas will be
2: 25 as a sophomore in but high it's,
0: school. It's going to take a while.
2: Well, And then, uh, maybe they'll have a new the cast. The Duffer brothers
0: have teased there may be spinoffs set in the world of the show, although they'll be concluding the story of Eleven
2: Oh, she's dead. then She's dead.
0: So she's they kill dead. Eleven? And, Eleven's dead. Okay. Anything else? Um. Does this, I mean, you and your brother don't have a lot of things in common anymore. Is this, this Stranger is, Things is, is like it really the It really
2: has held us together these past few weeks. It's really all we have left.
0: Yeah, what else do you guys have? I don't than, know. Like, ben has his,
2: his trips to the village and hanging out with girls from my school and then traumatizing me as I watch them walk past me in the alley. And <laughs> I have nothing else with him. It's really just that. Everything that I hear about him from others.
0: What's it like to be a senior in a week?
2: It's definitely um a weird thought. I do feel like I am a senior though. Like I'm a true senior. I feel like I'm I'm old enough. I'm I feel old enough. When I do think of like that classic high school senior, I think of people that might look older than me. But then again, I also realize that they put twenty five year old people as sophomores in high school on TV, so there's no accurate representation.
0: You know what I meant to ask you about this? Huh? Um, we were talking in the car about Ben's generation. Oh, how.
2: Yeah, let's talk kind
0: about of this. A little reckless they are. Like they're—it's not
2: even reckless. It's like twelve and thirteen-year-olds think that they should be behaving like eighteen, nineteen-year-olds, and it's ridiculous to me because there are these vital years in your life between ages twelve and fifteen and a half where it's like you're awkward, you're ugly, you don't quite know how to talk to the other well, sex. Ben's pretty
0: handsome. I mean, he bends
2: handsome. But you're awkward. You're ugly. You don't know how to talk to the other sex. You like don't go out to parties. You you're very self-conscious. You're self-conscious. You're like, and it's it's vital. And it's like you have some sort of obsession with some sad TV show like Grey's Anatomy or whatever it may be. But it's like you are a sad human being. Like you are a shell of yourself for these years. <laughs> no, no, no. Just chill. And then the rest of your life is great. But it's like you need these few years that you look back on. You're like, okay, like life was sort of shitty but there are a lot of good moments and I needed that to be who I am today because if I grew up too quickly I wouldn't appreciate what I have now like Ben is probably experienced just as much as I have experienced as a 17 year old he's 14 you look too old you dress too old you don't have a
0: mic you're not allowed to talk um wait I think part of the problem is the pandemic
2: well because of course
0: the 12 and 13 year olds if you were like 6th 7th 8th grade during the pandemic you're trapped in the house yeah you don't get that like a little bit of an exploration. So yeah. now like all of a sudden you come out and you're in the eighth grade and you've been trapped in the house for two years. Yeah. And now it's you're like, like I got to go out. I got to go here. I got to yeah. go there. And, and
2: you've had that time to like go through your ugly stage without anyone looking at you and then fixing yeah. it because you're so focused on yourself in that time where it's like you're just working on yourself, making yourself better. But I feel like it's important to be ugly and be ruthless and be like not know what you're doing in front of other people because it's shaping
0: I think my ugly stage lasted for like seven years. Well,
2: that's just you then. It was like
0: probably until like my senior year in high school. Well, you
2: weren't doing too bad. Didn't you have two prom dates or something? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I just think it's it's important for kids to experience what kids should truly experience. And it's just all rushed nowadays and everyone wants to be old. And then when you're old and you're doing all of this type of stuff for the rest of your life, you're going to be like, why didn't I enjoy the years when I could have enjoyed my youth? I feel like I fully lived out my youth, and I don't think Ben's living out his youth in the way that I lived out my youth.
0: Well, ben, I think Ben's living out like five youths.
2: Ben, Ben's living out being a terror to every security guard in any mall vicinity. <laughs>
0: <laughs> He's Laughing proudly, <laughs> Ben, just don't, don't do it. Like dumb. I wouldn't
2: even dare. I still wouldn't even dare to mess with any sort of authoritative figure. Like it just blows my mind that like these these freshmen in high school don't realize that they're freshmen and that there is some sense of seniority. I also go to a pretty sheltered high school where it's like everyone's nice to everyone, but like kids need well, to be reality what, checked.
0: You mentioned that where because the two years got taken out, the pandemic, they they
2: just they've the never, hierarchy
0: got They've never up.
2: experienced the hierarchy either. Yeah. It's like all these benefits that seniors and juniors get, we don't even get anymore because of the pandemic. Like we can't go off campus. There's no like extra part of being a upperclassmen in high school. And I just wish that like, I genuinely do think it's important for your character to not be hot your whole life. But like Ben has been attractive throughout the entire duration of his life. And I'm not saying that I was unattractive, but I wasn't as attractive as he was at his age. And he'll never experience like that feeling uncomfortable in him, in himself. And I feel like that's an important thing to experience because then you b- become more humbled and you're like not an asshole. <laughs> and Ben's an asshole. So...
0: Ben, you suck. <laughs> <laughs> Which one of you is more likely to take care of me when I'm much older?
2: Oh, absolutely. Ben pointed this finger at me within three seconds. I will be there at the hospital home, and Ben will be partying it up at a rooftop at Century City. He'll graduate from the Century City grounds to, to Century City bar. Jesus. You do nothing well, for this at family. Least
0: I, at least I have one of you. Alright, so we'll do Teen Culture Awards for the half year at the end of uh, June so start, yeah. start making your
2: Stranger Things Don't Kill Steve and Jason Tatum my number is one. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Alright, thanks Zoe Simmons Alright, that's it for the podcast thanks to Kyle Creighton for producing as always thanks to Dylan Berking and Steve Cerruti thanks to Kevin O'Connor thanks to my daughter the one and only Zoe Simmons and I think we're going to see Friday night after game four God only knows what's going to happen to that